Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy. I'm pleased to bring to you Aliyah number three of the Sidra of Va'et Hanan in the book of Devarim. Aliyah three, beginning in chapter four, verse 41, Mem Aleph, interrupts Moshe's two speeches, the one that opened the book and ended with the previous Aliyah, and the one that Moshe begins in chapter five in the next Aliyah. Moshe is spoken of here in the third person, so it's clearly not a part of Moshe's speech. What's strange about this interruption, this narrative event, is that most of it deals with the issue of the cities of the of refuge, the Arei Miklat, whose laws are really defined far more in detail elsewhere in the Torah, in addition to elsewhere in this book, in Devarim, in chapter 19, Sidrat Shoftim. Most of the details are missing here. Only the names of the three cities set up on the east bank of the Jordan River is unique to this narrative. In addition, following three verses on the subject, we go back to describing how Moshe set the laws of the Torah before the people. Um, which has prima facie nothing to do with the cities of refuge. And then it goes back to the issue that they're on the east bank of the Jordan River, which was conquered from the Amorites, uh, Sichon and Oak, which has nothing to do with the giving of the Torah. It has everything to do with the need to put up the three cities of refuge on the east bank of the Jordan River. The Rajmam asked this question in a much shorter and better way than I've asked it, but answers it only in the sense that before stating the laws in Moshe's second speech, um, the idea of policing those laws is necessary, and therefore Moshe had to set up these three cities. That seems quite possible. Um, Ibn Ezra says it's just a chronological issue. Moshe happened to divide up these three cities on the east bank of the Jordan River on the same day that he started his second, his commandment speech, so it's related here. But that, act, you know, that lacks a thematic connection, uh, which I think we're always looking for. That is, what is the connection between the three cities of refuge and the fact that Moshe is about to give the Torah and, you know, the commandments or to repeat the commandments, the second generation that they need to keep when they go into Israel. So let me read through the text. And uh, as we do, I'll propose uh, some ideas based on uh, something I saw in the Ramban and, and possibly a different idea as well. Thereupon Moshe set apart set aside three cities on the east bank of the Jordan River in the direction of the east where the sun comes up, obviously, for those who kill without intent, uh, that is, manslaughter, without premeditated hate, for them to flee to, and he could flee to one of these cities and live. The word ha'el, echad he'arim ha'el, is short for ha'ele, which means these cities. There's nothing more to that than that. Um, I won't go into the details of how the cities of refuge work, since, as I said, that's not really the issue here. The issue of the cities of refuge will be taken up later in Sidrat Shoftim. Um, but the designated cities are the issue here, and they are, one, Betzer in the desert plateaus 
of Ruben's territory, two, Ramot Gilad, which is in God's tribal territory, and three, the city of Golan in Menashe's territory. The cities are listed from south to north. And now there seems to be an interruption in the refuge city narrative in the story of Moshe dividing or setting aside these cities. This is the Torah that Moshe placed for the Israelites. As Rashi says, this refers to Moshe's second speech, the one that will come up in a few verses starting in chapter 5 in the next Aliyah. But so why is it stuck right in the middle of this section that 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 issue is not really resolved by Rashi? Um, one could perhaps propose that when it says Zota Torah, it's referring specifically to a single narrow Torah, a single narrow instruction regarding the cities of refuge only. That is, Moshe was explained to them uh, uh, visually that they have to set up cities of refuge. But even if that's true, the next verse is completely a problem. These are the rules and statutes and laws that Moshe spoke to the Israelites as they left Egypt. Now, what this probably means is not directly on the way out of Egypt, but on Mount Sinai. And then he explained them again a second time. Uh, at the far side of the Jordan, meaning the east bank of the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beit Peor, in the land of Sichon, the king of the Emirates, ruler of the city of Heshbon, uh, and whom Moshe and the Israelites struck down, that is, they conquered Sichon, as they left Egypt. Which is also weird, because they didn't do it when they left Egypt, they, they did it probably in the 39th or 40th year. So the simple meaning is that Moshe is now repeating the laws that they heard in year one, repeating them in year 40 to the second generation, right as they stand at Beit Peor, which is the last station before they cross into the Promised Land, which still doesn't explain what it has to do with the um, cities of refuge. Um, what's also a little strange here is the second reference to B'tzaytam Mimitzrayim, because they did not conquer Sichon, B'tzaytam Mimitzrayim. They did not get to, get to Beit Peor, B'tzaytam Mimitzrayim. That happened many years later in the 40th year, as I mentioned. Uh, so perhaps what Moshe is trying to do is to collapse the 40 years into a single continuum, as if this generation, generation number two, which is going to Israel, as he's trying to make them feel that they came straight out of Egypt, they picked up the Torah, and they went to Israel. And what's collapsing those two events, the hyperlink is the first game of the Torah on the way out of Egypt, and the and this, with the repeating of the God's laws that Moshe is about to do right now, right before they go out to Israel. And by linking those two things, Moshe essentially squishes out uh, 39 years of essentially uh, troubled history, really a blank history, um, and, and create sort of a, a new history where they're finally going to fulfill uh, their destiny. But now, before introducing the laws, the narrative returns to the cities of refuge. So it would have been okay if I had three verses on the cities of refuge, and then it says, this is the Torah, and then I start to talk about the Torah. But now it goes back to the city of refuge. Doesn't specifically mention the cities of refuge, but it does mention the territories conquered upon which Moshe had to create the, or needed to create the three cities of refuge. Let me translate. And they conquered his land, that is Sichon's, along with the land of Og, king of the Bashan, which is now more or less what we call the Golan Heights, the two Emirate kings that dwell on the east bank of the Jordan River. As I mentioned in the first Aliyah, the target of the conquest was Emirate tribes living in Israel and the west bank of the Jordan River. 
Uh, but since the Emirates had expanded into the East Bank, the conquest of the Emirates actually started a bit earlier. Uh, getting back to the verse from Aror Air, a city that is on the Arnon River, until Mount Sion, which is the Hermon, the mountains up in the Golan, at the top of the Golan Heights. The Arnon River run, the Arnon River, by the way, just get a sense of geography. The Arnon River, which is mentioned as the southern border, runs due east, more or less right out of the middle of the Dead Sea. And it became the northern border of Moabite territory and the southern border of Sihon's territory because Sihon took it away from the Moabites, from the first king of the Moabites. Originally, Moabites had the northern area north of, um, of, the, uh, of the Arnon River. Now, Moab, as I mentioned, was a Semitic tribe descended from Abraham's adopted son, Lot. So his land was off limits to the Israelites. But when the northern part of their land, that is the land north of the Arnon River, got conquered by Sihon and the Amorites, and the Amorites were fair game, essentially that land became fair game for Israel to take over. There will be a dispute about it uh, between Yiftach and Moab at a later time in the Book of Shoftim, but that's that's not for here and now. Now, um, uh Continuing with the description of the conquest area, the entire Arava, which is a name for the desert plains adjacent to the Jordan Valley Rift, although here we're talking about the East Bank Arava rather than the more familiar West Bank Arava, until the Ocean of Arava, which means the Dead Sea, beneath the slopes of the Pisgah Mountain. Once again, it's not clear why this is mentioned here. One possibility um, is, uh, I'm going to base on an idea which the Ramban uh, puts forward in the previous Aliyah, which is this. The Torah's commandments, according to the Ramban, are specifically meant for observance only inside of Israel. That is, outside of Israel, they didn't bring sacrifices, but by and large, they, they didn't do many of the positive commandments. As Ramban expounds a lot on this, on his commentary on Vayikra 18.28, Yudchet Chavchet, which, of course, makes everybody know Ramban as the super Zionist commentary, because he believes that laws outside, uh, that we keep the laws outside of Israel mostly just for practice. Now, this doesn't include laws affecting one's body, like Kashra's laws and negative laws like don't kill. Those, according to the Ramban, apply everywhere. But other laws, uh, like sacrifices and like setting up, like we might have thought, setting up Ir Miklat, the refuge cities, wouldn't apply. So if the Ramban is correct, and of course there's much dispute on the matter, then perhaps after conquering the east bank of the Jordan River, there was a sense that since it's outside the lands of Israel, they don't have to set up the standard set of laws, which would be um, the cities of refuge. So Moshe essentially rushes in and, and and declares that cities of refuge are required everywhere there is a Jewish dwelling, that it's not just one of those laws that applies only in Israel. That is, anywhere there's Jewish dwelling, you must set up these cities of refuge because manslaughter takes place, and if you don't have a situation where a person who killed, uh, I won't say accidentally, but irresponsibly, can run away to, then lawlessness will abound. Um, that's one possibility. Another possibility of interrupting uh, this Torah speech, this giving of the Torah speech with this idea of the cities of refuge, um, is an idea I came up with which is completely unsubstantiated, but I, I just get a feeling about it, so I'll, I'll give it a shot and feel free to reject it. Um, the cities of refuge were, of course, not only homes to people uh, to people killed uh, by uh, depraved indifference, but they were also the homes of the Levites. Uh, who received no portion of the land. The Levites were essentially the landlords of these cities. Now, the Levites are well known for their going out and teaching Torah. Uh, so perhaps these cities were set up by Moshe 
since Moshe is about to introduce the giving of the Torah, the, the Ten Commandments, and then the, the need to keep the Torah, the first thing he does then is set up these three cities, which are Levite cities, Leverite cities, to set up them as sort of a yeshiva. Now, I know that term is a bit anachronistic here, but essentially to set them up as learning places of God's law, where the where the ladies would review and go over God's law and then be able to deliver it out to the people. I, I know it's way out there, but it would tie in and explain why the delivery of the commandment speech that's about to begin in chapter 5 is interrupted with um, this uh, uh, city, with this uh, section regarding how Moshe felt the need to immediately set up these three uh, cities of refuge on the other side of the Jordan River. Um, that's essentially the end of Aliyah 3. Aliyah 4, um, as we'll see, begins Moshe's second speech, where he does go into the actual giving of the Torah, and it breaks down into as follows. First, the Ten Commandments, then the experience of receiving the Ten Commandments, a series of exhortations called the mitzvah, where the Jews are explained why and how they must keep the laws and how they need to relate to them and relate to God, and then finally, uh, the actual review of the laws, specifically, I believe, laws that were needed to create a functional people of Israel in the land of Israel.